So, Steve, um, you know that cat that you let in your house? <laughs> yes, I'm aware of him. Yeah. <laughs> does uh, does he dream? I don't know, actually. I've never noticed. Every you... time like, I ever notice him, whereas when it's usually when like he comes up and awakens me at 4.30 in the morning, I'm like, fuck off now. <laughs> <laughs> do you like keep your bedroom door closed? Do you sleep with your cat? Oh yeah, you do just have to. You? you gotta just train them not to wake you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ask no. because my friend's dog dreams a lot, and I was thinking recently about how I feel like dogs are always dreaming, and it feels like cats just they sleep so much they never dream. So you're what you're saying is from last week's after dark, you're more like a dog, and I'm more like a cat. Or did you? We both agree that we don't really dream. Yeah, I don't really dream, but I definitely think I'm still more like yeah. a dog. No, I definitely think I'm more like a cat. Good. I'm glad we can agree on that. Like, what traits do you think a dog like that you have? Always panting, licking everything. What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 127 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. Hello, Steve. Another week, another episode of the Potscast. We are here to discuss, you know, it's funny, because last couple weeks we've been like, you know, big week, big week in games, you know, there's a lot, a lot of news, a lot to talk about, and, uh, man, did this week put them all to shame. Yeah, you jinxed it. Yeah, I sure did. E3 came early this year, kids, and uh, we are ready to dive into it. So much news this this week, in fact, that there's stuff that we would love to talk about that we will straight up not get to. So uh, without any further ado, let's jump into the show. Of course, we are the Potscast, LootPots.com's weekly gaming podcast where Steve and I get together and talk about, well, we usually talk about what we're playing, but we don't have time for that shit this week, I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> if you want to be a part of the conversation, just like all the fine folks did in our MailPot segment this week, you can, of course, write into us, uh, write into me at Pete at LootPots.com, hit us up on our Discord and go over to the Potscast channel and get your questions over there, or hop on our weekly Twitter post when we remember to make it uh, of course you can follow us on twitter and instagram at loop pots and uh, keep up with all the stuff we've got going on here on the uh on the channel um if you want to get some more content from us you can head over to our twitch channel twitch.tv slash loop pots where every thursday except for these last two uh steve and i are there streaming games with the community uh we've been playing lots of super mario party lately i think our plan for next week is to jump into a little bit of hitman 3 which is going to be fun uh so if you like us and you want to see us play video games or maybe even come play video games with us like some of the fine folks in the community get to do, uh, our Twitch channel is the best way to do that. So go give it a follow and keep up with us on our Thursday streams. Of course, if you want to get some more of the podcast in your feed, you can head over to patreon.com slash loot where for just a dollar you can get access to our patron-exclusive show, After Dark, where for the first time in a long time, I don't know what we talked about on it this week because we haven't recorded it yet. So uh, if you want to keep the conversation rolling and hear Steve and I talk about the stuff that you know doesn't make it to the main show, stuff that doesn't fit on the main show uh after dark is a great way to get a little bit extra of us in your feed uh and help support the show uh so yeah please go do all that fun stuff uh and you know even if you don't have a buck just you know like the share like the show share it subscribe all that fun stuff you know how to internet at this point otherwise you wouldn't have found this podcast right let's be real so 
without any further ado, let's jump into the main event this week. And I'm going to preface this conversation um, by the fact that by the time you're listening to this, there's a good chance that this news has already happened and that we've recorded an additional segment reacting to the actual news that we'll either splice in right now or we'll be live somewhere else. So who's to say how the next <laughs> or, couple or hours? Just replace this. Like, just it cut may it. Be that it just comes. This, just, this bit never happened. We don't know. We don't know. So if you're listening to this right now, that means the news hasn't happened yet and you're just going to listen to the original audio. So look at you. You're so lucky. So. Uh, the new Nintendo Switch, the Switch Pro, the Super Nintendo Switch, whatever you want to call it, the upgraded Nintendo Switch that we have been talking about for what feels like forever at this point. I feel like for as long as there's been a podcast, we've been talking about this thing, uh, has, you know, more or less been confirmed, uh, by a number of sources that, um, I think you can generally take to the bank with the rumor being that we could know about it. Uh, as early as tonight as of this recording, which is Thursday the 27th, or um, as late as before E3. Because the rumor right now is that Nintendo is planning on unveiling the console before E3 so that there are you know third-party games that are going to be launching on the console and people want to promote them at E3. Um, so that's, that's kind of the story as it stands right now. The initial source is, uh, Takashi Mochizuki from Bloomberg, who is the same journalist who, um, broke the, uh, the Switch Lite and is the same journalist who had been reporting on the rumors earlier this year about the, the new Switch, the Super Switch, the Switch Pro, whatever you want to call it. We'll call it the Switch Pro from now on moving forward so I don't have to say three names. Uh, and then was corroborated by Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer, another very trusted journalist. And then it's also been um, corroborated by Jason Schreier on Twitter and Reset Era, and then Emily Rogers, um, and like a number of other you know people who are in the industry or insiders or reporters have more or less uh, corroborated certain details of the report. Said they've heard certain similar things from people in the know. Um, so it seems like a rumor that you can take to the bank. So in terms of the details of what we know, um, the new Nintendo Switch would replace the current 299 model and is planned for release in September to October. Um, and as I said, the, the word on the street right now is that the announcement will be before E3, which is, you know, as we know, just a few weeks away. So Steve, with all this in mind, um, I guess... How do you feel about the news? How do you feel about the report? When do you think we're going to see the console? And where are you at in terms of wanting to pick one up? Mm, I think it's it's super exciting. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, how many developers have their presentations this year? We've already seen announcements from Ubisoft this week. EA plays there. We've, we're going to talk about the Xbox Bethesda showcase. Maybe there's a tie-in with, with Microsoft. Uh, so I think it makes a lot of sense to have this new Switch announced ahead of time. Uh, as for the replacing the current model, I think that was what a lot of people have been saying. There was also the other report, which was this might be a slightly higher-end model with an OLED screen that targets that 4K and may have a bit more of a premium price. So whether Nintendo is still targeting that $299 or whether they're just going to say that model's been phased out, You've got the Switch Lite if you want the cheaper model, and this is the new standard for like 350 possibly $400, which I think might be a 
bit of an ask for some people to spend that much money for a home console. So I would like to see potentially a solution where they would have a home console or a cheaper home version that people who don't necessarily want this OLED 4K model could go for. Um, but it's exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to getting one if I can get one. And it's not like a PS5 situation where I buy one for someone else and don't end up getting one for my for me. That's not going to happen this time. If I get one, <laughs> I'm keeping it. <laughs> so uh, that actually takes us to a great question from the Discord. This one comes from Alopius who asks, how will you scare off competitors in the war for a pre-order? And I'll tell you uh, the same advice that I told everyone when it was time to look for the next, the now current gen consoles last year. Uh, you should go follow Wario64, turn on notifications, and keep your phone handy. That simple. In the UK, because Wario64 is very uh, US-centric, I will say. Yes. Maybe Canada as well. Um, go to stockinformer.co.uk. They, have, they will send you push notifications to your phone. And you will get a notification as soon as a console goes live. It's how I managed to get Xboxes and Playstations for friends and family. Um, or what I plan on doing, which is what I did with the Series X I got, is go to a physical store. This year, the pan- hopefully by September, October time, the pandemic should be eased up in most countries, uh, thanks to the, the vaccines. And so it will be safe for people to just go into a store and pre-order and, and get it. Because I know that's how you got your uh, Xbox and PlayStation as well, right? Not my Xbox. My Xbox I got um, from Amazon, I think. Walmart. It was it was a big box store. Um, and I got it online. But with uh, my PlayStation, I literally just called my local GameStop right after it was announced. And they said pre-orders were going live the next day. And was like, do you guys have any pre-orders? And he let me put my name down early. Lucked out on that one. <laughs> you should have done that at like five other stores and then just sold them for a thousand dollars each, you know. I'm not a scumbag. You'd have, you'd, you'd so... have been scumbag Pete, but <laughs> I would have hooked up other people with them if they wanted them, but everybody I know was like, No, I'm not gonna get one at launch. I don't feel like I need one right away. And then now when Ratchet and Clank's coming out, when uh, we get our first look at Horizon. Now everyone's like, I can't find a PlayStation. No. And, you know, I got to say, uh, I have I have empathy for you. I'm, I'm sad that you can't find one. But to all the motherfuckers who are all smug about it, why are you getting one? There's not even anything out on it. Yeah, well, you know what? I've been loving it. And I'll love it even more when uh, my shiny new PS5 games come out, okay? So... So I would uh, my advice to you, Alopius, is uh, buy quick and buy early, because otherwise you're gonna find yourself waiting around and bummed. <laughs> yeah, sign up to all the stores where you think you're gonna get it from. Get your card details and your addresses saved in there. Yep, and so you can just like zip one click through the checkout process in seconds. Yeah, any any of the retailers that allow you to turn on one-click uh, purchases do that. Um, Amazon's and probably the easiest for that. Um, but Amazon's also usually one of the most competitive to get. So uh, that's another thing that I also often find is like make sure you look at all of the places that have pre-orders because there are some that are going to be less popular. Um, like your yeah, Targets, your Walmart. Big- there was a big toy store in the UK called Smith's, which was like a Toys R Us competitor before Toys R Us died. 
and they always do pre-orders for things like this. I think everyone always forgets that they exist because they're not like video game centric or yeah. a big bookstore or electronics. It's like board games and Barbies, but they also happen to sell consoles. So yeah, if if you can take advantage of a channel like that, um, that's a good one. And also, if you have friends that are willing to help you out and have no interest in getting a pre-order themselves, see if you can enlist them. That's another uh, another strategy worth employing. Um, and then when when it's time for them to find one later, then it's then you got to help out. You know, and you help each other out. Um, and then of course, uh, discords like ours are a good way. Um, being involved in a community where there are people who are engaged with this and looking anyway. Um, there were a few people in our Discord that were like, oh, they're available here, link, and somebody got one that way, you know? So that's another another thing is, um, yeah, make sure you, like, your friends, your internet acquaintances, whatever, keep, you know, tell them that you're looking. And and Reddit, I remember getting my Switch thanks to Reddit. Like, I was checking the Nintendo Switch subreddit pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. Someone posted, oh, there's stock coming in at Argos. I had a look and managed to grab one. I used to do the same thing with the Amiibo subreddit, too. <laughs> so, yeah, take uh, take advantage of those resources. Um, so, to answer... Uh, so, okay, we got two questions from one of our Patreon supporters, that Doc guy, and one of them was if we got news about the Super Switch, and one of them was if we didn't get news. And I'm going to ask the, the questions um, as if we got news, because I want to answer them anyway. So we'll, yeah, we'll questions. yeah we'll speculate on the ones we can't answer ourselves. Um, so what do you think of the name? Are you going to pick one up? Are there any exclusives and things that might be coming to it? So in terms of the name, I guess let's answer it. What do you want the name to be? Nintendo Switch. That's it. Yeah, I don't think it needs another moniker. It's replacing the Switch. It's yeah, just the Switch. Interesting. Yeah, that's probably fair. I don't know. I want it to have a name. I think it's going to have a name because there's potential exclusives. And if there is this preface of like, oh, potentially they're announcing it pre-E3 because they want to get, let other developers announce games that's coming for this console. Yeah. Kind of makes it seem like there's going to be exclusives for this or console even if that there's, won't run on the original Switch. Even if there's not exclusives, that there will be games that like definitively run better and like that they want to promote on that hardware, you know? Yeah, I can understand that. Because, like, you I think mean, about you I think about know. like uh, Horizon, right? Uh, Forbidden West, which we're going to talk about later, right? Like, they showed that playing on a PS5, but it's available on PS4. I'm sure they're not going to be touting uh, out the PS4 version to show you how slow it is and not as good as it is. Um, I do want to say that though. Yeah, okay, no, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Um, but yeah, I, in terms of the name, I. I don't know. I feel like Super Nintendo Switch is so dumb and wordy, but like that's why I think it's funny. So I would love for them to call it Super Switch. <laughs> yeah, but so was like Super Nintendo Entertainment System, but they went with that. Yeah, and so was New Nintendo 3DS XL, but they went with that. Exactly. So, so who knows what Nintendo will do? They they just you know do the exact opposite of what you think they're gonna do. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's like, oh, this seems sensible. Maybe they should go with this name. No. uh so are you gonna pick one up i think for me as long as um there are tangible improvements in performance then yes um if it's just like 
this is the replacement model and it has slightly better parts and you know whatever and like yeah if then it was i'm like the the battery was better like the last one and maybe it's just the screen is now oled rather than um just an lcd then there's no reason for me to get one and i wouldn't pick one up but if the rumors are true and this has potentially got dlss targeting 4k all those improvements in there the new tanker chip then yeah absolutely this will be a day one purchase i mean and who am i kidding even if there is just a minor improvement and that like bezel shrunk and the screen looks nicer, I'll probably still want to get one. I mean, I'll want one either way. It's a matter of will I be able to justify one, you know? And to me, if it doesn't have, you know, 4K improvements, if it doesn't have any better load times, anything like that, if it doesn't have some tangible improvements that are really going to um, make a difference to the way that I game, you know, then... I can't really justify the expenditure of another brand new console when I just bought two and I'm getting married, you know? Um, but if it is the rumors that we, we heard previously, um, then yeah, it would probably be a day one purchase for me as well. Cause I have a problem. You just have to square that off with Sarah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I sell my original switch, that's like a, probably a pretty easy. My original switch will probably be going to my dad. So, I do need to justify buying one myself. I don't even really feel like there's anybody I could give one to. Like, I mean, I, I could literally, but, like, most of the people I know have one. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, Dad needs, like, a, a model without a screen. I should just buy him, like, a, a defective console from eBay, but the screen doesn't <laughs> work, but it works fine docked. Because he, <laughs> he can't see for shit. He's not going to be able to see the tiny screen on yeah. the Switch. <laughs> Maybe the pro, bigger screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then any exclusives or anything that we think might be coming to it? I don't think it'll have exclusives. I think it might I have. I do think it will have exclusives. I don't think so. I just, I don't think that I makes don't sense. I think they're going to be first party exclusives, but I think there's going to be exclusive games from third parties. I mean, I don't know. It's possible. I, like, I'll, I'll never say never, but the idea of. Splitting the market doesn't make sense to me. It didn't work with the with the uh, new 3DS. I don't think there's any reason to think it would work with the Switch. And I think when you look at the like precedent for these, you know, like 0.5 type consoles, um, they work better when they don't do that. Like the Pro, the Xbox One X, even like other things from Nintendo, right? Like the original 3DS, all the way through to every single revision that they've ever done. Every single one plays every game that came out, except for the new 3DS games. And all those games sold horribly. Um, yeah, I get that, but I just think there's so many third-party games that just can't target that, that original system. Yeah, but I don't, don't, I don't, run. I don't think that, that like Nintendo cares about that. Like, I don't, I don't feel I like think third parties care about it. I, I think that eBay and Ubisoft want to tap into that Switch market. They just can't with the games that they're making, and maybe that's a problem that EA and Ubisoft solve by making games that are exclusive to the Switch and work on the Switch yeah. rather than just trying to port their massive open world games from a, a giant PC or a home console onto a tiny little handheld. Yeah. But I also think there's there's hunger for it. With these like streaming games, the Hitman 3s, the Controls, the Resident Evils that just stream from the cloud. But if you're... I think there's a a desire for those games to be natively on that console so people can play them handheld. And if you can say maybe do 
a cloud version that runs on the old console, but the full version can run natively mm. on the Switch Pro. Okay, I could see that, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I, when you put it that way, that makes sense, because then at least there's an alternative. But I don't know. I I just have a hard time thinking that that makes good business sense. Like, even if third parties want to do that, like, I just feel like, what is the benefit for Nintendo, really? Because it's like... Maybe there's no benefit for Nintendo, but you've got to look at this potentially as a whole new system. You know, what's the benefit of someone targeting and making an exclusive PS5 game or an Xbox Series X game at the moment? There isn't one. That's why they're all cross-gen. But eventually, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X gets market saturation to the point where it's just like, okay, we can abandon last gen, and that's when you start getting those true next-gen games. Right, but I don't think it makes sense to do that mid-console generation. Like, you're not... Like, you're, this isn't the Switch 2. Like, if it is, then this is a totally different conversation, right? And, like, what we're, you know, the conversation we're having right now, like, it needs to completely change. Um, but it isn't, right? Like, by all accounts, it's not a successor to the Switch. It's a new model of the same console. And, like, I think with that in mind, like, you can't split the market. You can't make it so that... All, you know, because then, like, what is the incentive for an EA to make, like, a good version of FIFA that you can only sell to a million people? Like, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make it doesn't make business sense for those same companies we're talking about to put out their third-party games on the Switch when there are already, you know, how many million of them in the wild that will not be able to play it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it makes sense right now. But I think in the future, you know, this console's already four years old. In four years' time, when this next revision is, you know, four years old, I don't think you can be honestly targeting the same game to work on an eight-year-old console as it works on a four-year-old console. It's going to, at some point, they're going to have to drop the last gen. And whether that's in, like, two years' time, they say... Right, all new games now will only work on the Switch Pro or the Switch 2021 model, or whatever they call it. And if you want to upgrade, you can. Or, you know, you're just going to not get any new games. So you're thinking they're just going to commit to, like, an Apple-style model? Because I really don't. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just don't see that that you could... The way technology moves forwards, at some point you're going to have to drop it. Yeah, you know, the the original Xbox One and PlayStation Four came out seven years ago, eight this year. No one from probably next year onwards is going to start developing or or even release a new game on those consoles anymore. Yeah, and but the, in but that's four years time. Yeah, but I think that's totally different because it's a different skew. Like you don't, there's an expectation that that's the case, right? Like because the Switch or the PlayStation Four generation is over now. And the PS5 is out, and yeah, for a year or two, you'll get whatever games come to PlayStation 5 will come to the PS4 in a lesser form. But, like, whatever, you know, with this thing, right, like, to to your point that you just made, like, four years from now, I think they're going to release a Switch 2, not another mm, Switch. Yeah, quite possibly. You know? And then I think when I mean, you... I'd like them to just keep the name Switch forever and just keep making Switches. I, I agree, but I think you need to have a numbering system. You you need to have something that signifies, like, you know, like with, with the iPhone, right? Like, there's the iPhone 1 and the 2 and the 3 and the 10 and whatever, right? And, like, you're able to say, like, oh, well, this game is supported by, 
you know, uh, iPhone 8, 9, and 10, but earlier models can't run this app, you know? And, like, then you can do it that way. Like, I, I think I could see them keeping the Switch name around and, like, trying to keep, mo- like, older models relevant, you know, as you can. But I think I think you need to have a clear uh, thing that speaks to consumers where you can look and be like, oh, well, I want to play Breath of the Wild 5. Does that work on... The switch. Oh, that doesn't work on the Switch Two. Then I need to get the Switch Three. Okay. Uh, maybe it's called Switch Two. Then I don't know. I, I I'm excited to see what gets revealed. I think by the time this comes out on Monday, we'll have already we'll already know, and everything we've just said will sound so stupid. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll see. And anyway, so you can laugh at us. <laughs> uh, so we had um, we just got another. Uh, we have, I'm sorry. We have one more question. Um, this one's come comes from another one of our Patreon supporters, Waka Hulu, who says, "We'll definitely get Switch Pro exclusive games. Will those see a price increase to seventy dollars?" See, again, I don't. I don't think we will. Like, I I think that thinking about the Switch Pro as a Switch successor is the wrong mentality. But no one's called it that. Like at the Bloomberg article is it's an upgraded Switch replacement, so it could well be the next Switch. We just don't know at this point. I just I don't think that makes sense. I really don't. Like if it was an additional SKU that was like, this is the Pro model. You've got the normal model. You've got the light model. Then I could see that. You right. Know, I could say, right, they're keeping the existing one around, so they're going to keep selling them. Maybe they'll do like a. The components get cheaper, so they're making more profit off of these. But it sounds like they're just going to phase that out. It's gone. It's yeah, but but like this isn't any different than the 3DS. Like they had the original version of the 3DS, and then they did the redesign, and they stopped making the original version that I have. Right? Like that's I normal. Guess it's the same as the GBA, the GBSP, the Micro. Yeah, it's it, like again, I don't, I, I don't think that this is going to be this major change. It's going to be a, it's going to be an iteration. Oh, it's got slightly better tech because the tech's cheaper now. Okay, great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like a DS, DS Lite, DSi situation. Yeah. Or like the 3DS to the – they had the the first redesign that was the XL and it was the bigger screen. And then they had the – there was one after that and then 2DS and then the 2DS gets the XL and, you know, I think I think it's going to be more like that. And yeah, the the whatever the third, second, and third uh, 3DS revision, um, they ran better. You know, like they load games faster. Um, they have better frame rate because they have better parts. But like, that's it. You know, it's not like the new 3DS, which was like a totally different SKU that like has you know four or five pieces of exclusive. Yeah, the software that nobody wants. Yeah, but how many more pieces of exclusive software would there be if they had sold 10 million, 20 million, 30 million of those? Yeah, but that's the thing is, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess to your point... And, like, and these Twitches are just selling like crazy. And, and this Switch is going to replace gonna that version. So, yeah. There, yeah. So, I don't know. I guess there's an argument to be made there about maybe that is the case. Is that like if this is the only one? But the Switch Lite still exists. So, if the Switch Lite still exists that represents the original skew and you have the same problem where you could sell someone a brand new switch Lite in 2022 and they're like well what the fuck this game doesn't play on it why it's a switch like that's a bad marketing problem that, 
that will get upgraded at some point as well. But just simply because it's it's too expensive to run two fabrication lines on the same system on a chip. You would need eventually they want you know we're just using yeah. this one Tegra chip rather than having to make two. You'd think. I don't know. That's interesting. They'll probably use up the stock they've got on the Switch Lite and then switch over. To answer your question about the price increase, Nintendo will increase the price of their games as soon as they feel like they can get away with it. That's how they've always operated. Um, they've up, they've increased the cost of their games mid-generation before. So I think $70 games from Nintendo is absolutely an inevitability. And I think thinking otherwise is setting yourself up for disappointment. I don't think it's going to be just for the exclusives, though. I think it's going to be for those staple games. I think it's going to be for Zelda, Mario, and, I mean, Animal Crossing, I guess. Pokemon. The, yeah, uh, Splatoon. Those big games. And then the small ones will maybe increase from 50 to $60 or 40 to £50. Pounds. Well, that's only in the UK. <laughs> every oh, other, well, you know, Literally every other place in the world, <laughs> they're the same amount of money. So... <laughs> Okay, well then ignore me. Just you know, everyone can come over to the UK and go shopping. Unless, unless I'm wrong about that, you and you European listeners, that's the same case. For you. I I kind of think it's all of Nintendo Europe that is that way, okay. and you know, Americans are just getting shafted. Yeah, we just get higher prices. Just get price gouged. It. It's like, oh, you could put Pokemon on it, and you know, it could be like the biggest piece of crap game, but people will still buy it. Sixty dollars, baby. Yeah. So you will definitely see $70 games from Nintendo one of these days. Speaking of Pokemon, we got some news on the Pokemon side of the fence uh, that is pretty exciting. Um, So we got some updated box art and a uh, release date that I definitely believe that they'll hit of January 28th, 2022 for Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, The box shows off got a very nice art style and uh it shows off the um that kind of like open yeah mount doom uh this like the open field that we saw with the the mountain off in the distance and everything and a bunch of the starter pokemon and of course a pikachu and a lucario and you know um we are we are in it folks and the bit in a bidoof uh hiding out behind the uh the ratings which is pretty interesting um but i like that box art. i like the look of this game i will probably end up buying this game i really like the look of it yeah it's funny um our friend of the show aj from the uh, fanatics Four, he tweeted about how he's like everybody's saying they want a photorealistic pokemon game and i just want a pokemon game that looks like this box art <laughs> yeah seriously like this yeah. looks like nino kuni i want like a, a nino kuni style for pokemon and i guess studio studio could be involved yeah, it's uh it's good. It looks real good. And I'm very excited about this game. I am happy about the fact that it's had a bit of a longer development cycle. Um I hope it gets delayed. I don't want it to come out. No, if I checking that release date on that, it's popping into localization very soon. That doesn't mean it won't get delayed. I don't think it will. I don't know. We'll see. Um, they've, they've put when, dates. When was the last time Pokemon delayed again? Um, it's been a while, but it has happened before. I think it was Gen. I know it happened with three. 
I don't know if it's happened since then. Maybe uh, maybe Trendy Brendy can uh, can write in and let us know. Um, I bet I bet he he's got that right. He's yelling somewhere. He's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it happened on Gen Six. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't think it matters as much with this game because uh, the other piece of news that we got was that Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are releasing on November nineteenth, twenty twenty one. So it's like you've got a Pokemon game out the quarter beforehand you know like do you re- that's the same core there you go so th- even better right you have on the same quarter like do you really need two pokemon games out that quickly <laughs> probably not i mean that's i'm looking at the box art for diamond and pearl it looks horrible people but maybe it's just because i don't like the designs of these two pokemon they just are hideous people were fucking like, joking truly- absolutely fucking hideous people were joking about how like they're both just like like they just look like this you know know how like the the meme of all of the ios icons are like those angry men yeah game icons just like yelling men that's what this is like they should just do all box prices yelling pokemon yeah dialga and palkia are not my favorite legendaries i'll say that um but yeah them being this close to each other I don't know. Like it's, it feels odd. Like I, I have, I have a hard time thinking that it makes sense to release them within like three months of each other. I guess maybe they target different demographics. I don't know. Like I don't give a shit about Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, but I really want to play Pokemon Legends Arceus. Yeah, but like, come on, I don't. Like, I, I think you can make the argument that Arceus, uh, Legends Arceus, has appeal beyond, you know, maybe the traditional Pokemon fan, because it is, Massive like... Massive appeal, because it's basically Pokemon of the wild. And it's, yeah, it's new. It's something different. I'm, can you imagine if they then, they're just like, and Breath of the Wild's coming out in December, so it's like, enjoy that game, bam, which is bam, bam. very much similar, <laughs> right before. Um... But yeah, so I mean, like, with with all that in mind, it's just, like, because, like, I, I think that Diamond and, and Pearl, right, like, you're like, oh, I don't have any interest in that. Yeah, but you didn't buy Sword and Shield, and I think everyone who bought Sword and Shield will probably buy this game. Or at least most of them, right? Maybe, like, are you going to get this game? It looked yeah. awful. Like, no, I'm definitely going to It really did it. not look good. That nah, doesn't matter. Um, Like, I, I loved, like, absolutely loved Let's Go. That's all I want from a Pokemon, and by all accounts... This game is more like it, like Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond are more like that no. than the, than Arceus. No, like in no. style, no, definitely they look not. More like it. They look like it, but that's nothing. Like that's like that's like uh, so what? Like the graphics of a Pokemon game, like big fucking deal. Like yeah, I don't know. Like I I've already said like how I feel about the art style and everything, but like I don't care about that. Like I love Gen Four. Like Gen Four is is one of my favorite generations of Pokemon. Um, so like, yeah, to me, it's like, it's the gameplay that I care about and that I definitely want, uh, to experience. Um, so yeah, like I'm definitely going to pick it up. Um, and I think anybody who's like, you know, like serious about, um, like the Pokemon metagame is going to pick it up because Arceus is notably only a single player game and doesn't have any multiplayer component. So like the entire, like, what's that? 
I like the sound of that. I, I just I've wanted something for a long time that just shakes Pokemon up, and I'm glad that it's not like a new mainline game that's done it, so that people that love those games can still get everything out of it that they want. I mean, I think but, it is a mainline game. Is the thing like they've said it? They said it's not a spinoff. Like I don't know. That's the thing. Is like I think what we're seeing is a skew. I think we're seeing what a mainline Pokemon game is diverge. Mm-hmm. Um. Potentially, anyway, because if Arceus comes out and it doesn't do as well, then you know that that'll be the nail in that coffin. I mean, um, maybe what they need then is something like uh, just a an online version of Pokemon Stadium where everyone can just go do their battles and stuff. And then, if you want to run around and catch shit, you go play Legends. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, I I I do think that there that I would like to see that. Like, uh, we were talking about that on a recent episode, like I, I think the idea of like a Pokemon stadium three, that is like a, um, you know, essentially like a, a Pokemon showdown type thing. That's like all about battling and let, like, you don't have to worry about which Pokemon are in this decks and whatever, right? Like it's the entire thing is about the battling and, and the metagame and having every Pokemon in it. Um, and then you have, you know, another game that's more about, like, telling a story and going, you know, going on, like, a single-player adventure or whatever, but still using those same mechanics. Um, But I don't know, because, like, I could also see that diverge. Like, maybe if Legends Arceus is popular, they keep making that kind of game and it moves away from the turn-based RPG thing a little bit, because there's a lot of people that that. want that. I definitely wouldn't, but... um, I mean, it's worked for Yakuza. They've switched away from, like... Well, they switched from real-time combat to turn-based. Like, you really can, for, like, an iconic franchise, switch things up and change it. And there's never really been, to my knowledge, a massive overhaul of the battle system within Pokemon. And maybe it's time, with this new moniker of Legends, to do something different. Yeah, I mean, if they want to make, like, a secondary series that isn't turn-based battling, like, that's fine with me as long as there is a series that has the turn-based battling. But, like, the idea of saying that there hasn't been a major overhaul is, like, totally wrong. Um, That comes from, like, not understanding the mechanics of the game. Yeah, that's what I said, to my knowledge. Right, right. I I, I will fully admit, I've played Pokemon Red or Blue, and that's about it. And that's fine. My, My whole point with saying that is that I think that there are like two kinds of Pokemon fans. There are people that like Pokemon and then there are people that like the games like, and they're and not say that those aren't the same people sometimes, but like there are people who play the games because they want to play, like they want to see the new Pokemon and they like Pokemon and whatever. And then there are people that like really deeply love the mechanics of the game, you know? Um, and like for my money, like who would make that game? Like game freak can't make like a fun action game. I have no confidence in them to do that. They have no experience doing that. Well, I don't know why anyone would think that would be good, frankly. Um, you'd what need... was Little Time Heroes about mechanical? It's, it's, a turn-based, it's a turn-based RPG. And it's great! Because <laughs> that's what they're good at. Um, you know, like, to me, like, the, the gameplay is the only part of Pokemon that's always been good. You know? Uh, <laughs> and like, even in like the worst entries or the entries that have like the things that I would ding the most, the battle system is always good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Like, I do think the fact that these two things are coming out so close together maybe does speak to the fact that they look at this as an opportunity to like, you know, pit you know, it. Well, if you don't like this one, you'll like that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you, oh, if you want the traditional experience, there it is. It still exists. If you don't, then... Here's this new thing. Maybe this will get you. 
I don't know. I am kind of surprised we haven't seen them bring back Let's Go. Maybe it didn't perform as well as they thought it would. It was in the million sellers. Like 10 million copies, I think, yeah. So Yeah, that's quite a lot, especially considering that was early in the system's life. Yeah. I don't know, because it's odd to me. It's odd to me they never did, like, a Let's Go Johto. Um, Because I feel like that definitely has appeal to the, the casual fan. We'll see, but uh, I'm I'm excited about both of these. Um, I liked Sword and Shield, but I definitely like lost steam on them. Like I didn't I didn't get into the DLC like I thought I would, and you know I'm still playing Showdown, but like I'm not I'm not super super into the meta game as it is right now. Um, so I am kind of looking forward to uh, to just like I don't know having some some new Pokemon stuff that will potentially uh pique my interest a little bit more because i want to i really do want to like feel that like drive uh to get into the the metagame deeply and maybe even if i don't do that with uh brilliant diamond and shining pearl that i could get like a really you know exciting deep single player experience from pokemon rcs is something that uh it's very exciting. It's, it's promising. It's going to be a really deep story in a Pokemon. Not game. necessarily a story, but an experience. Like I, I don't, I yeah. don't care about the narrative really, right? Like, like look at Breath of the Wild, right? The story of Breath of the Wild isn't good. The experience that you have with it and the story that you tell by exploring and experiencing things on the map—that's the story, right? Like the real story of Breath of the Wild is the adventure that you create within its systems. Um, and I think if they can have that same kind of experience in Pokemon, like, that is, that will be special. Because that, to me, you know, was what was so alluring about it um, when I was younger, right? Was, like, you look at, like, Gen 1 and Gen 2, and there's a lot of secrets to be found. There's a lot of things the game doesn't tell you about. Um, There are, like, certain species of Pokemon or, like, in-game events that happen on the, like, in Gen 2 specifically, right? There's, like, an in-game clock, and a lot of, there's all these events that happen all over the map and all over the world that the game never tells you about. So, like, there's, like, uh, this one cave, right, that if you go there on, like, a Friday, there's a Lapras there that you can catch. The game doesn't tell you that. No one tells you that. You just figure it out or you don't, you know? Um, the in, now the internet will figure that out, and then you'll be like, "Oh shit, no way!" Right, but like that was the fun of um of Breath of the Wild, right? It was like when you were first playing that game, and and before everybody had seen everything, it was like, "Oh my god, I found this! Did you find that? When you went there, how did you overcome this?" And like mm-hmm. it was having those conversations with your friends and everything, and and like people on Twitter and what have you. Um, and I think if you could replicate that in a Pokemon experience where it's like, oh, have you been to this corner of the map? If you go here, there's this little cave that you can go in and there's like, oh, there's, you know, Quagsire there. And it's like, oh shit, like I gotta go get one, you know, like that. I think that is the thing that they should be trying to, to replicate, um, more so than like, oh, like telling some grand narrative or whatever. Like, no, that's not, we don't need that. I mean, if they tell a great story, fine. Like that's, I don't think it's impossible um, but I just I'm, I was racking my brain after I asked that question to think of a Nintendo game that's had a good story and I really struggle to think of one <laughs> yeah I mean I don't really think there is 
you know? No. There isn't. They're, they're not storytellers. No, I mean, and there's there's Nintendo games that feel like they have a good story. And that's, like, what's important, I think. You know? Um, the narrative adventure of Zelda games feels better than the actual story is. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and Pokemon, I think, had that until it made the jump to the 3DS. And that was when it got very, like handholdy and like there are cutscenes and dialogue and it's like no we don't need that we don't need cutscenes and dialogue part of that is because you grew up like you you were playing the games as an adult no it's it's because the games are different right like because that that's a thing that like i've been very conscious of when i have these conversations about pokemon like either with other people or with myself of like, am I just old? Like, am I too old for this? Is this a kid's game? And I want it to be something else and it's not. And, you know, you could probably make that argument, right? Like if you're like, well, these games are for children and that's what they're doing. And like, you just need to accept that they're not for you anymore. Like, fair enough. If that's what you want to argue. However, I don't agree because if you look at gens one through four, right? Um, I'm sorry, not four, one through five, the way that they tell a story and the way that you progress is not, it's just different, right? Like gen, uh, five, which was the one where they made the jump to 3d, they introduced like a whole group of kids that your character is, is a member of basically. And rather than having one rival who you run into maybe five times, right? Like it's like every time you go to a new city, all these kids show up. And there's all this fucking dialogue. And it's like, oh, we got to go here. Don't forget to go over there. Oh, did you do this? And like, and then in fucking Sun and Moon, you literally have a chaperone. You have like an adult who's with you on your journey. Like, oh, this is where we're going next, kids. It's like, it's, and there's an, uh, another, there's two other characters that support your character. There's a character with her own whole plot and her mom and this drama. And you're constantly running around to these little exclamation points on the map. And whenever you get to one, there's a cutscene and a ton of fucking dialogue. Like, that's just not how the games used to be, you know? Like, there was dialogue, there was things to string you along on your journey, but they were little, they were quick, they were few and far between, right? Like, the pacing of the games and how much it hands you things, how much it spoon-feeds you, where you're supposed to go next. Like, the game has always been a game that was meant for children and, and, and whatever, right, to be accessible to children, but it didn't, it used to ask things of you, it used to ask you to figure things out and to, like, on like figure out where you're supposed to go next not just not be like oh we don't want we don't want there to be even one second where you this little baby child don't know where you're supposed to go and experience any kind of frustration like that's what a video game is for you're supposed to be challenged and overcome obstacles and it's like now it's like the difficulty's been turned down there are npcs that heal your pokemon like after fights And, like, you know, you'll get, like, halfway through an area, and they're like, oh, here, let me heal up your Pokemon. And it's like, no, that that was the challenge. You used to have to make sure you had items so that you would have the ability to heal your Pokemon up. And Maybe it means an easy mode that adds all that shit. Yeah. It's fucking it. And then it needs, like, a normal mode. (laughs) And a hard mode. Put a a new game plus, even. Like, something like that. You know, like, it's uh, what I'm asking for here is not unreasonable. Right? To have a fucking difficulty slider? 
What fucking year is it? Every RPG ever made has a difficulty slider. It's an RPG. All you need to do is change the numbers. <laughs> like, that's it, you know? <laughs> oh, the enemy AI is higher now. A Nintendo game that has a difficulty slider. Other than, like, the baby ones, like Kirby and um, Yoshi. Which pisses me off. Because it's like, would you like to make this easy game easier? Mm-hmm. And that's the only option. What What if I want it to be harder? Yeah, it's like, just make them one-shot kills. Permadeath, Yoshi. <laughs> you die and the game's just over. It just bricks your copy. <laughs> and, then it, and then it shows you like a cutscene where it's taking all Yoshi's eggs and turning them into an omelette. And it's like, ah. fuck. <laughs> it's got dark quick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm, I'm excited for these games. I am cautiously optimistic for the future of Pokemon right now. Um, we'll see where it goes. So let's jump into uh, uh, enemy territory, we're going to call it, because we're going to talk a little bit about Sega. I know, I know, the old listeners in the audience, they're, we're... The buttholes are t- clenching right up, all right? We can't be talking about Sega in Nintendo territory. That's not cool. But you know what? Uh, Sonic's in Smash now. They played at the Olympics. The beef has been squashed. So we're going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic's 30th anniversary live stream was earlier today. And we got... It was a mixed bag, let's say. I, we got some significant announcements. We got teases of some other stuff that, you know... Tread very carefully, Pink. Oh. There are there are Sonic fans listening, and they are they will ravage you. Let me say this. Let me say this to to all you Sonic fans out there. I mean, no shade. I love the blue blur. Let's be <laughs> let's be honest with each other. Look, Sonic fan is Sonic fan. There are some fucking garbo Sonic games. We can agree on that. I think we can all agree on that. That doesn't mean Sonic the Hedgehog isn't beloved. That doesn't mean he doesn't hold a very special place in my heart. And it doesn't mean that he's not one of the IPs that I want to see succeed uh, more than most. So anything I say here is uh, critical of the delivery, not the blue blur himself. All right. So let's just get that right out there, Sonic fans. You don't need to crucify me. We are on the same page. Okay. So let's talk about the announcements themselves. Uh, I think the biggest the biggest actual piece of game news that we got today um, that's like actually something that you can you know sink your teeth into mm-hmm. is that Sonic Colors Ultimate was announced. Uh, it's coming to PC and consoles on September seventh. It's going to be retailing for forty dollars. Uh, it is remastered by Blind Squirrel Entertainment, who uh, assisted. Bioware on the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. It's going to be shooting for 4K on Xbox and PlayStation. Uh, they've promised that there's going to be refined controls. There's a new Rival Rush mode uh, where it's Sonic versus Metal Sonic content um, where you can unlock additional rewards. And then uh, before it comes out in September over the summer, there's going to be a two-part animated short, which is going to be called Sonic Colors Rise of the Wisps, which uh, is going to tie into the game's lore. And it came alongside the news that Roger Craig Smith is back as the voice of Sonic shortly after that news uh, earlier this year, was it? It was so strange. Wouldn't you love to know? I think it was late last year, like the drama. Maybe it was earlier this year. But he just like abruptly tweeted like he was gone. And then Sega like put in a statement now like a few hours later saying like, yeah, he's parted, we've parted ways. We've got someone new lined up to take on the voice. And then it didn't seem very amicable. 
Like, it seemed like he got booted out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, now he's back with I, Sonic. I imagine, so weird. I imagine the fans rallied, and, and that was probably the, mm-hmm. the thing that, that ended up doing it. But, um, yeah, that's cool. Good for him. Um, this is interesting. I... I feel like I've tried Sonic Colors like on a collection or something, but it's not a game that I I know well. Um, it was a Wii game, right? I think so. I think it was, yeah. And I know people love it. I know that it's like everyone's like it's the good Sonic game from that period. Um, and that's about all I know about it. So that's pretty cool. Uh, forty dollars seems like a like a good. That's like a good price point for it. 79 on Metacritic. 79 on Metacritic. It was pretty good for a Sonic game. And it was on Wii? Yeah, Wii, and then a DS port came out. Cool. Yeah, so I mean, I, I know that there are Sonic fans that fuck with this game really hard. Um, So, um, I'm interested. You know, it's been, it's been a minute since I've played a Sonic game. I haven't played a Sonic game since Mania, which I liked a lot. I I've never played Mania. I really oh. play do you like Do you like classic Sonic? Yeah, I love it. Oh, yeah, you should pick up Mania, then. Mania fucking whips. It's great. Um, and weirdly, I listened to the soundtrack to Sonic Mania, but I've not played the game, but that soundtrack is fucking killer. It bops. Truly bops. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this one. Like, I, I think how much or how eager I'll be willing to... Or, sorry. How eager I'll be to pick it up is going to be probably most contingent upon what is competing for oxygen in September. If there are some other big games that are, you know, stealing my attention at that point, it might be hard to well, justify I mean, a brand, a brand new switch is due out September, October time. So I think there's probably going to be some stuff that's I mean, going to be competing for your attention. Maybe, but who's to say, maybe this new switch comes out and I'm looking for hot games to play. And Sonic is one of them. Oh, Sonic's the one you're like, Ooh, 4k Sonic. Who's to say, who's to say, you don't know. Um, also maybe Xbox buys Sega by then and I can play it on Game Pass. The world is, it's wide open right now, Steve. We don't know. We don't know how these things are going to play out. Yeah, everyone's buying everyone. Amazon's got MGM. God. <laughs> we'll talk about that in After Dark. Yeah, right, mate. You, you want to wait to make my skin crawl? We still got half the show left, all right? <laughs> um... So moving along, we also got announcements of the Sonic Origins Retro Compilation, which includes Sonic the Hedgehog 1, 2, 3, Sonic and Knuckles, and Sonic CD. They promised that there would be more info on it later this year, but it looked like, you know, kind of just another updated retro collection. Not like we haven't seen this before with Sonic, so I think it's going to be interesting to see, like, is it going to be kind of like the Sega Ages stuff where we get, like, multiple versions? I hope so, too. I would love it if they had, like, every version of one of of these games available and, you know, maybe some, like, I love when they do, like, the, uh, like, the art book type stuff and, you know, like, where it's, like, not just a collection of games but also kind of, like, a celebration of of the franchise and its history and everything. Um, That would be neat. So, we'll see. Well, do you ever feel like you get to the point where you feel like you've bought these games so many times you just find it hard to justify buying it again? It depends on the game. Um, cause like a game like Sonic the Hedgehog, like I've only bought probably like once or twice. Really? Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean I had like it on Mega Drive, I had it on WiiWare, I've had it on, I think I've had it on PlayStation at some point. I definitely, definitely owned, 
the Sonic like Mega Collection, I think it was called, on the GameCube, and that had like most of the the old school Sonic games on it. It was a really good collection, and it had like a great art book, music library, all this stuff, trailers. Um, but I think that's it. Like, I don't think I've bought the original Sonic the Hedgehog since then. So it's like, yeah, if I if I felt like playing it, and there was like a good collection, it'd be a good reason to to pick it up, you know. Um, but also I think like for the Sonic fans out there, cause like, I know like I'm a Mario fan like that, right? Like if, uh, if Super Mario World had been available to buy on the eShop versus being a free download on the, um, you know, the Super Nintendo mm -hmm. cloud app or whatever we call it, um, I would have bought that, you know? Especially if the, if there was like a oh we have the Mario Classic Collection and it's Mario one two three and and uh, and World and it's got some art stuff and whatever whatever what like I I would have definitely bought that you know so I'm surprised they didn't resell All Stars the original All Stars it's so it's kind of dumb like they definitely could have made leaving money on the table yeah anyway um then there was like a bunch of other like kind of just random pieces of news like there's going to be a, a sonic tie-in to two point uh hospital where there's like you can have it was like a little screenshot of like sonic and tails and knuckles like in a waiting room at this hospital so weird, <laughs> so weird. uh and then um uh <laughs> lost judgment is a game coming out and do you know anything about lost judgment yeah, it's the Yakuza spinoff, so it's the follow-up to Judgment. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because when it said Judgment, I was like, Judgment, like the, the Yakuza game where you're the cop, but it Lost is, Judgment. Yeah. So, so, like, in you know, in those games, you can go into the arcades and you can yeah. play all sorts of games. Sonic's going to be one Sonic of Sonic the Fighters is going to be yes, one, of, one um, of them. Do you know about yeah, Sonic the no. Fighters? No, I don't, but I'm guessing it's, like, it's... a Smash-style game. <laughs> You'd be wrong. It is a weird, it's a weird, weird, and not very good Sonic fighting game that I have an immense amount of love in my heart for because the local bowling alley in the town I grew up in had a, a machine of it, and I fucking loved it. Um, terrible game that I would love to own a, a machine of. <laughs> it's very stiff and old looking, and I don't... I'm sure it doesn't hold up very well, but I, I fucking love Sonic the Fighters. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> That's like the one arcade cabinet you get, man. Not the one, but I, I would love to have it for like, sure. What's the one, if you could pick one. Oh, man. I don't know. That's a tough question. It's tough for me. So that, would be, I would between. that would be a competitor. Burger Time. Would be a competitor. Oh I fucking love Burger Time. Have you got Burger Time on your Switch? I'm sure it's out, right? It is, but uh, it's not the version that I like. My dad last year got my brother one of these, and, uh, and I don't know why, because my brother's never heard of this game. It was a little mini arcade cabinet of Burger Time. Like one of those like handheld arcade Dude, cabinet things. I, I want to hang out with your dad. I feel like we'd be buds. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So yeah, that's a weird thing. And then it ended. The whole thing ended with a tease for a new Sonic game uh, that is supposed to be coming in 2022 for PC and consoles. They had a 4K trailer 
from the press site um, that people were able to basically download and pull the metadata from, and it looks as though uh, the game may be called Sonic Rangers. Um, it's definitely called that at the moment. So I've downloaded this file, I opened it up. And Look at you. The, the, project, the project file for Adobe Premiere was left in there, the name. They misspelled Sonic, uh, but Rangers was in there. It was like so- Soynook Rangers. <laughs> it's definitely called Sonic Rangers. That's so funny. Um, yeah, and there's like, you, we, we'll link to it. You can like see there's all the, you know, the kind of like supporting stuff that, that points to it. Uh, and then somebody pointed out in the comments um, on PT Kickass, who is the Twitter user who uh, we're, we're referencing here, who's a who's a modder. Um, somebody in the replies pointed out that it actually matches up with a leak that uh, happened in January over on 4chan. So seems like you can probably take that one to the bank. Mm-hmm. And the, and the leak on 4chan specifically named the game Sonic Rangers, said it was an open-world adventure game, which takes inspiration from Breath of the Wild. So we've potentially got an open-world Pokemon game, which takes inspiration from Breath of the Wild, and an open-world Sonic game, which takes inspiration from Breath of the Wild, both coming out in 2022. Sounds good to me. And um, then hopefully a Breath of the Wild game that takes inspiration from Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I think the the funniest thing I saw about this was a uh, um, uh, friend of the show, uh, Liam Robertson, tweeted about this, and uh, he was like, I can't believe I watched this whole thing just to see that there would be a Sonic game coming out next year in which he will go fast. <laughs> that was the whole teaser. It's just like him running, and it's like, yeah, I mean, it's a fucking Sonic game. You could give me a little bit more than that, Sega. <laughs> it's coming out next year, and you don't have anything more to give me than it, well, he runs fast in it. Well, it's more than the Metroid fans got, which was just a glowing number four, and then lost promises that the game would ever come. You know, I think we got to just stop bringing up Metroid just for no reason. Like, when there's new news about Metroid and we have to talk about it, that's fine. But right now, that was just a drive-by. Like, you just, you were just like, fuck you, Metroid fans! Like, you want to, real quick, Don't worry. how about I just bring be... up your fucking pain and shove it in your face? <laughs> <laughs> there will there will be a 2D Metroid at E3, I'm sure. But we, Prime... Is that a prediction? As we'll get to in the main topic, when my predictions cannot come out this year. I'm so sorry, it just... It can't come out this year. So you're doing this to them is what I'm hearing. It's yeah. your fault now. It's my fault because I want to win. Wow. Pretty selfish, but okay. Do you believe this guy? Alright, so we're going to pull a question from the mail pot. This one goes from one of our Patreon supporters, Trendy Brendy, who says, Sonic Colors being only 40 bucks is so good. Not really a question so much as just expressing that I'm very glad one of my favorite Sonic games is getting an HD re-release. I guess if I were to turn this into a question, what do you think about HD Wii ports? What's the ideal price point for you? I feel like if Skyward Sword HD were priced similarly to Colors, I'd spring for it more easily. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think that I, it's tough because I'm going to put on my, I'm a commentator. I don't know anything about game design. I don't know how much it costs hat right now. I have to imagine that a, an HD remaster akin to a Skyward Sword where, you know, it essentially looks the same, but you know, maybe they're, they are doing some gameplay changes to it and everything, right? Like it's not like they're just 
copying and pasting it over. I know that there's a fair amount of work that goes into making it work on a different platform, especially if you're changing some of the controls or whatever. Um, so fair play, right? Uh, it does feel weird to me to charge the same amount for that game as Breath of the Wild, which is a game that you developed for six years. Oh, yeah. And you know and what I mean? Check, check core features behind something else you got paid $30 for. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. And I think that's the thing is like, do I think it's unreasonable to ask $60 for a port of, of an old game? Not inherently. Um, I think that there are some games where that's probably an easier justification than others, depending on the amount of work that's gone in or what have you. Um, I think if you're talking about something like what like a Blue Point Studio does, where it is like, we're remaking the game from the ground up and... You know, or like what they do with the Insanity. They still are remasters. I listened to an interview, and I can't remember where it was, that Bluepoint said, we start with the existing code base, we port the current yeah. code base, and we we work from that, and we build upon it. So it's not a remake like uh, Final Fantasy VII. It's like, we, we throw everything out, we start from scratch. See, that game, I don't even think it's, like, fair to bring up, because it's, it's not the same. Like, that game is, like, literally not no, it's even... a remake versus a remaster. That's what I'm getting at. Like, in my eyes... A remaster is you start with something and you've improved upon it, like Mass Effect. Wasn't a remake, it's in the same engine, like all of the Bluepoint games are in the same engine. They've just added new assets, improved upon it with quality of life improvements, and ported it over to a new console. Right, yeah. It's a remaster. Right, but like, for example, like the the Insane Trilogy, like that was a remake, right? Like it's Yeah, that's also a remake, yeah. But, but like Final Fantasy, like the reason I said like you should throw that out because it's not really either of those things. Like it's a different story oh, a and everything. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, it's a new game on the, it, it's more like a remake in the way that like Hollywood remakes things, right? Where it's like, we're not shot mm-hmm. for shot remaking this. It's just the same name and the same basic premise. And it's different now. Whereas like we have remakes that are, or, you know, remakes that are expressly like we are trying to capture what this was. If it were made today versus like, what you're talking like about the Diablo 2 remake that we're getting it's right very much like we've we've taken it was an isometric 2d like hand-drawn sprites now we're doing it in a 3d game engine but it's gonna ideally you know feel the same play the same all those kinds mm-hmm. of things right um so when you're talking about yeah like this like did, like this is an hd re-release right they're taking the game they're polishing it up they're putting it out on a new piece of a, a new hardware right that to me feels like a game that feels a lot better at $40. That feels a lot easier to swallow. Or if you want to base it by like the new price point, maybe $50, right? And and full price games are 70. I think that that feels a lot better and I I feel more willing to bite on that at that price point versus it being, you know, a full price experience. Cuz like, you know, I look at something like the Mass Effect collection and that's 3 games. So that being $60, I'm like, yeah, well, fine. And I was going to bring up the the 3D All-Stars collection as well, where you've got an HD re-release of Galaxy included in that $60 collection, as well as an HD re-release of Sunshine, mm-hmm. which is in 16 by 9 for the first time. And those are three games for $60. So I kind of feel like $40 for me is, is pushing it. I, always, I kind of always want to see these lumped in as a collection, like, say Galaxy and Galaxy 2 are stuck together as a collection. $60 for that is fine for me. Yeah. For this, though, I don't feel like there's a game you can bundle it with naturally. No, there's nothing so... you can bundle with this. And I actually think $39.99 is a good price point. Yeah. I and mean, you'll get this on sale for, like, twenty nine ninety nine or 
even 25 if they're feeling generous. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. But there's actually a lot of work that's gone into this. I mean, it was a Wii game. It had only motion controls. They've had to port it to four new different platforms, account for all of the like different control changes. The same with, I guess, the same way Skyward Sword has had to add that alternative control scheme in. Right. So there is some work going in, but it's definitely not like a blue point level of of we are essentially making a new game but in the same engine. All right, so let's uh let's jump over to the PlayStation side of things. We got some news this week about um the PlayStation investor relations document and just like a bunch of little like tidbits that came out of it. Um and one of the one of the big things that kind of of first came out of it was that it looks as if Uncharted Four is going to be coming to uh, PC, which would make it the third big PlayStation game to come to PC, right? After fourth, I think, right? We have Horizon, we have Days Gone. You've got the one from Kojima. Oh, true. That's not technically a first-party game. It's PlayStation published, though. So that I see it as a PlayStation game. Yeah, I, I definitely, definitely is. Um, yeah, so this would be, I guess, the fourth there, which is um, interesting. It's a big deal, definitely, if this comes to pass. Naughty Dog is PlayStation's crown jewel, and Uncharted mm-hmm. is one of their like flagship series. So the idea of it coming to PC is definitely, you know, significant. But it's also weird because, like, are you going to pick up Uncharted 4 on PC and have not played the original 3? No, but, but you're going to pick up Uncharted 4 on PC and play it at 60 frames a second or 4K with all of the bells and whistles and the fucking resolution. Yeah. Like, I, I, graphics coming out of the like, woodworks, you know? Yeah, and it's like, to me, it's not like, why would you want to play it on PC? It's just like, why would you, like, do both? Like, do the Nathan Drake collection and Uncharted 4. Yeah, it's weird that they picked this one, but I'm guessing it's due to the engine. Maybe Probably. Last of Us is coming as well. Maybe. Yeah, I could see that. Um. So one of the other uh, big big things that kind of came out of it was the news that um. And and a bunch of these these callouts are from Jim Ryan, you know, president of of uh, of Sony. So you know, keep that in mind. Um. But they are there's talks to bring PlayStation IP to mobile. To complement AAA PS5 titles, um, and uh, they're also looking at investments and um, investments in IP and and group collaboration within Sony, and an investment in social and mobile. So it looks like they're trying to. I mean, we already know, right? That like we have PlayStation Productions, and they're looking on it, it already getting you know PlayStation IP to movies and TV, and we've talked about. The Last of Us movie, yeah. uh, show and Ghost getting a movie and all this shit, and it kind of well, seems like scenes this week of Sully and Uncharted. And I've got real issues with Mark Wahlberg's mustache. I hate just you know. I really hate that Mark Wal- Wahlberg is Sully. It really bums me out. Like I saw him with that mustache, and I was like, he looks like a fake plumber has come to your door, and he's going to rip that mustache off and just shoot you in the back of the head. He's house. not old enough. Like, why isn't he old? He's supposed to be an old man. Like, like. You know, like, you know who, like, would have been, like, a great Sully? And, like, not, I don't mean to call you an old man, but Jeff Bridges. 
Like, I feel like Jeff Bridges would be he's fucking... He's an old man. Like, I think yeah. he wouldn't be okay to accept that. He's yeah. an old dude. And, like, I feel like, imagine him with the fucking mustache. Like, he fucking nailed that. I feel like he'd be perfect as Sully. Jeff Bridges. Am I thinking of the right Jeff? Have you ever seen, um, uh, uh, yeah, The Big Lebowski? Yeah, yeah, I am thinking the dude. of the right Jeff. Yeah. So now, I was thinking of Jeff Brolin. Who I also think would be a good Sully. You know what? Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. He's got the. Uh, he was in He's when got he. The accent. Well, and when he was in um, Deadpool and he played Cable, his he had like the pep, the salt and pepper. Like you know, he's mm. he's got the great. Yeah, yeah. No, he could definitely be Sully. So we're gonna quit our jobs and we're gonna go become casting agents in. Let's Hollywood. do it. Let's fucking do it, Steve. <laughs> All right, when you win the lottery, we'll become producers by just buying our way into we'll, projects. We'll just have to come up with a good production name. Ooh. Okay. All right, I'll start working on it. <laughs> uh, so, aside that, they also talked about how Sony AI is collaborating with PlayStation to uh, improve... Oh, it's they To, quote, create richer game experiences, which is interesting. Um, but then also that they're looking at strengthening the PlayStation Network and PlayStation Now to grow those communities. Um, they are, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not surprising to see some of this stuff. Like, a lot of these are things that you can kind of, the blood's in the water, right? Like, Nintendo's been in the mobile game for years. Xbox has been looking at expanding into that space. It seems natural that PlayStation would be kind of sniffing around there as well. And, you know, aside from Nintendo, um, I mean, granted, Xbox has bought a ton of IP now. But PlayStation kind of has the most iconic library of, of IP um, across, you know, the the people in their lexicon right like in on their level of of games publishing yeah right um aside from nintendo so you can immediately the best like you know you see red you think mario you're like oh yeah there we go yeah and and nobody could argue that nintendo has that dominance but i think when you look at playstation right over the last couple years especially over the playstation 4 generation um you know they have solidified some of their characters as as being, you know, really uh, iconic, you know, and, like, mm-hmm. some characters who were already iconic who they just kind of brought back in vogue, like Kratos, you know. A couple years ago, you would have thought of Kratos as one of the most famous video game characters, and now he's kind of back on top. Yeah, I don't think he was ever on the level of, like, Mario or Nathan Drake or... I mean, I think, I think I Kratos think was I... more famous than Nathan Drake at his peak, you think about you think about God of War during that original trilogy. God of War was like the biggest fucking game in the world, mm. you know. Um, and That's Uncharted, right? Uncharted was always a critical darling, but it I, I don't yeah, it didn't really come into his own. I don't think until PS4. Yeah, until near the end of its relevance. Mm. So yeah, it's, um, it's so strange to me. Like the PlayStation original PlayStation. All of its iconic characters you can think of went owned by Sony, Crash Bandicoot, and L- Lara Croft. The Spyro the Dragon. Spyro. None of those were owned by PlayStation. And yet they're so associated to that original console. Yeah. It is It is funny. I mean, it's like, it's, 
it's because of the nature of what PlayStation was at that time, right? Like, they were this young upstart, and their solution was, well, you can publish your games on our console for a dollar, and discs are cheaper to produce for, so come on over, everybody, you know? And, like, they made all these deals and, and things that were just, like, not totally solid not solidified that were like these very loose things and it's like you think about sony today there's no way they would have let you know i mean they didn't own naughty dog when naughty dog sold the crash ip right like they Mm -hmm. didn't you know they didn't have that connection with insomniac at the time um so yeah it's it, it is a shame uh i more than anything more than anything when it comes to playstation i want to see playstation buy uh back I mean, back, they never owned it, but by Crash Bandicoot and Spyro from Activision. Activision aren't letting those go. As much as you want them to, Activision is never letting them go. I know they won't, and I hate them for it, because (laughs) fuck Activision. They don't even want to make these games. They don't even want to make them. And if you missed last week's episode, go listen, you'll find out why Pete's so angry at Activision. I fucking hate Activision with all my blood. My blood is angry at them. (laughs) Anyway... Um, there was also, uh, an interesting little tidbit that came out from Gamatsu, uh, that I thought was funny. So, um, (laughs) this is a tweet I'll read from Gamatsu. It says, pulled the story about God of War Ragnarok being the official title of the new game for PS5 because apparently Sony Interactive Entertainment, in an official IR Day presentation, Google image searched a fan logo for its own game. And then they quote tweeted Corey Barlog, the the director of the game, who just did the Picard like facepalm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is just hilarious. Is so fucking funny. Um, so you'd think they'd have like a bank of assets. Like, go here, like on fucking Dropbox or something. And in this folder is all the logos you can use. Don't go on Google because you'll end up with something that you shouldn't have. It's 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 too much. It's really so funny. Uh, it's really funny. Um, and then, like, aside from that, there's just a bunch of really, like, interesting data. Um, yeah, the one that really stood out to me was the, the, the male-female divide. And how it's so, like, drummed in from game studios that, you know, we target 18 to 35 men, that's the demographic. And they had this really interesting slide on, like, age and gender and how 18% of the people that owned or had interest in owning a PlayStation in the PS1 era was it was only 18%. It's now up to 41 with the PS, PS5, PS4, PS5. It's, it's very much, like, equal. Yeah. Across, like, all genders. Everyone's interested in gaming. Like, let's just stop targeting this as, like, a, a male-centric thing, because it's really not. No, and I, I mean, you know, I think the only time that it, like, it ever even was was because of the way that they were made and marketed, you know? Mm-hmm. It's almost like if you make things that don't specifically cater to the interests of that one demographic, that other demographics will be interested in the product. Wild. Wild. Anyway, uh, one of the other things I thought was interesting was they, they saw that uh, they, they categorized it as PlayStation 1 gamers have stuck with us. And they showed how the age demographics 
um, of the PlayStation have changed, right? And that on the PS1, you know, uh, 25% of their ownership was that 13 to 18 demographic. And you look at that today, and, you know, that number is down to uh, between 10 and 15%. And you see the number of 31 to 36-year-olds actually being the most dominant um, skew. So, damn millennials. Damn millennials. And, uh, yeah, so there's lots lots of little interesting tidbits there. And um, some Which other... Amazing, you know, look at this. What were they expecting like when they said we should get a second job or something in the PS3 era? Like, we were like, what, 12, 13? Yeah. And you wanted us to get a second job? What are you doing to us? <laughs> yeah, it's good. And they, they had some in- information about PS Plus and the number of subscribers and all that stuff. If you're interested in checking checking this stuff out, it's it's very interesting if you like data if you're a data dork yeah. like me um the, the only other thing that really interested me was this playstation direct thing um which gives me hope that i may get a ps5 pete because they're going to sell them directly to customers in the uk ireland netherlands belgium germany luxembourg and france so we're now going to deal with retailers and potentially scalpers because we can just buy them from sony in the same way that microsoft is letting you buy a new xbox from your existing xbox it's like a phenomenal idea that if you have a console and you like gaming, you will probably want to buy our next product. So buy it from us. A man can dream, Steve. A man can dream. <clears throat> uh, so last little bit of, of news that came out before we get into the state of play side of things was that Randy Pitchford, uh, who you you may know from uh, you know as one of the creative minds behind Borderlands um, and also. Just from drama with USB sticks and things. Yeah, just it. Um, check it out. I guess uh, he 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 said that uh, Borderlands Three ha- had the ability to get um, crossplay on PlayStation, but that um, basically that they they had made it work so that it would support full crossplay ac- across all platforms, but that it wouldn't be coming to PlayStation because PlayStation. Um, wanted to charge them for it, um, which is you know, which uh, is now out there from the Epic trial, right? Exactly. We know that this is true, so they can just like say it because it's open. It's public knowledge now. Like there's no like uh, provision for for privacy or confidentiality because it's been opened by the courts, right? So essentially, uh, PlayStation requires a revenue share. For, for you to engage in cross platform on their on their platform, um, and they are the only ones doing that. So that's a great look. Anyway, um, not too much else to say about that, right? It's shitty. It we knew this was the case, but this is kind of just you know reinforces the story that um, that Epic is is telling. So uh, jumping into the state of play. Earlier today, uh, we got our first extended look at Horizon Forbidden West. Of course, the follow-up to Horizon Zero Dawn from Guerrilla Games. Uh, we got about, it was like about 14, 15 minutes probably of gameplay to look at, uh, roughly. Very specific with the 14 minutes they were. Yeah, right? Um, and we saw a ton. There's a ton that if you are a fan of the original, that you can clock here as being uh, new and interesting. So we got a look at um, 
a number of new of new species of of machines. Um, specifically, we got a lot of play for claw striders and the tremor tusks. Uh, I love the fact that claw striders were included in the comic book that came out after the game, and now they've brought them into the new one. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's yeah, really cool. Really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I haven't checked that out yet, um, but I, I was interested in it. Titan is the publisher of it, and they also publish the uh, – actually, I have right here – the uh, Life is Strange comic book, which is very good. Oh, that's um, awesome. So I'll have to check that out. Um, but yeah, the Claw Striders are like um, – I forget the species of dinosaur, but they're like they're like those – they're really like big raptors, but they have like feathers on them. And I forget what the species is called, but they look like yeah, those. Yeah, they're called dromosaurs, dromaeosaurs. Okay, dromaeosaurs. We'll we'll go with that. Um, they look really intense, and you can ride them, which is awesome as fuck. <laughs> yeah, and we, and we saw like the new enemies of the game, raiders riding one of the machines, which yeah. was awesome. And Aloy was surprised, so obviously it was a new thing for her to see as well. Yeah, it's that basically. It seems like the raiders have figured out the way that she interfaces with machines and that they're able to, um, you know, control them, but not in the way that we saw them being controlled in the first game. Right. Um, that whole connection is quite different. Um, which is interesting. Uh, I kind of got this sense that cause they showed that fight with the, the Raiders, like while she's tracking the main group who has Aaron, um, kidnapped mm. and she like kills the two. And then there's like the big guy with the hammer that had like, she gets that weird spear thing out and puts like yeah. cartridge in it. And it does that like cool animation. And she like fires at him. Yeah. Which is awesome. awesome. And like the, the fact that like he had a special weapon, I was like, Oh, I wonder if he'll be fighting more people. And if they're going to try to like make the fights with humans more strategic in the way that like fighting the, the machines is, mm-hmm. Um, which I, I think so is quite interesting. Light. And obviously we saw other people with a focus as well. Yeah. So we know it's no longer just Aloy that's, that's open to the technology of the old world. Imagine this part of the world, maybe there's more of it because it is California, mm. right? You got to imagine that like it's, it's San Francisco specifically. Yeah. So you'd imagine that's probably a fucking tech, you know, Mecca in, in even in the new world. Um, cause there's when more to the, salvage. She got the person she was with. They were looking for this piece of technology, which then looked to be, a map that they yeah. both put their focuses on and opened up this map and they were like, right, where do we need to go? Which was really cool. Yeah, and in the original game, right, like Aaron and, and his his crew like weren't familiar with the focuses and you know, whatever. Like they knew what they could do, but they didn't use them. Um so the idea that Aloy is maybe pr- proliferating the technology um mm-hmm. is is probably there's probably something to that. Well, she was ostracized, wasn't she? She was an outcast in the first game. It seems like yeah. she's in with this crew now, following the story from the first game, which I won't spoil. And that's the thing is, like, I feel like, yeah, not to spoil anything, but to me, it looks like all these people work for her and follow her, mm-hmm. um, and that she's calling the shots now because she's hot shit, you know, um, which is awesome. And then the Tremor Tusks were elephants, and they are fucking enormous, and they had, like, this whole, like, Mad Max-style, like, they built a platform on the back of this thing, and there's yeah, people fucking shooting cannons at you and stuff, and oh my god, just, like, the amount of stuff that was on screen and happening all at once was, like, wild, you know? Well, and that, that was the point that 
kind of a lot of things they'd shown previously sort of came all together. Yeah. It was like the final part of the of the trailer that they showed or the, the preview that they showed where we'd already seen the grapple hook and how she was using that. And like she grapples on, she like shoots up into the air and then all of a sudden she's got a glider out of nowhere. We had seen the glider she... before that though, remember? Oh, uh, yeah, Because yeah. she had done that. But it was it... in the traversal part where it was like she used mm-hmm. the grappling hook to get up, 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 and then glides down this like little hill area. And it's just like, oh my God, they did it? Like I remember we talked about this how long ago. We're like, oh, if there's not a glider, if there's not some way to fly, traversal's going to feel so like stiff and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And like – I remember we were talking about maybe you'll be able to like, you know, uh, hack a flying machine and, and ride it or whatever. But like, she got the glider. We are going full Breath of the Wild out here. <laughs> oh, Only that was really, really cool. with a grappling hook, which is crazy because we were just talking about that when we were talking about new mechanics <laughs> yeah. they could bring to Breath of the Wild. I was like, put in the hook shot. You could Spider-Man your way around and stuff. And oh my God, they did it. It's crazy. Well, I mean, and talking of that, the Tyler Olsen wrote in and said, not sure I'm, if I'm too late, but because uh, he was writing in on the Discord, but what's your favorite item in video games, and why is it always a grappling hook? I mean, grappling hooks are tough to beat. I think when you're talking about favorite items in games, like, there's a lot of answers, right? Like, there's weapons, there's a lot of things like that that you could go to, like, weapons that just feel good to use or that are fun, but to me, like... It's hard to beat, like, a good grappling hook like you get in, like, Persona 5 Royal for, like, making some of the traversal faster or, like, uh, Batman, you know, fucking Arkham, how you could, like, glide around the whole city using the grappling hook and the cape. But – and then, of course, the glider in Breath of the Wild. Like, that's one of my all-time favorite video game items because it makes every single thing better, easier, and more fun to play. Uh, my favorite of all time is the glider but i do want to bring it back to the greatest game of all time toy story 2 on the playstation 1 of course of course did have a did have a grappling hook was phenomenal but the best thing in that game was by far the rocket shoes that buzz Lightyear could wear he put them on and he would just like fly around the the place he would like go super fast it was awesome (laughs) i do remember those great item um, but, you know, they showed off a bunch of other items. There was, like, a, a, like, a, like, a smoke screen thing she could do where she, like, hit the ground and, yeah. like, it, like, shot out, you know, a cloud of smoke so you could and run away. The machine, so she ran away, and, like, the machine went out of screech, and, like, his eyes went, like, a different color. Couldn't see because of the smoke. And then... I couldn't tell if it was smoke or dust. From the floor. Yeah, I couldn't tell, but I mean, either way, it's like you're creating a smoke screen and you can use it for, like, stealth and and escaping and, like, positioning yourself better. And there was, like, you know, this whole swarm of machines after. She goes and jumps in the water. There's, like, a mouth breather thing so she can, you know, you can stay underwater as long as you want, which is cool. Um, They showed off a bunch of new arrow types and, like, the the new spear that you mentioned. There was the... um, the slingshot from the first game but like it had like this like sticky it looked like honey almost or something where it was like she was like sticking up the um uh what was it called the tremor tusk and like it was walking slower and like it gave you more chance to maneuver around and everything like it's really cool the way that they're evolving the system because i love the combat in the first game and just like adding more interactions and more things that you can leverage Mm -hmm. is so cool 
it gives you options and you can definitely take that strategy of how you're going to defeat things. I felt like towards the end of Horizon, I kind of got in a rhythm and I was always doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I, it would be great if that those options aren't always available. Like, say, one of the enemies, like you mentioned, the humans, say one of the, they have something that can counter what you always use. And so you have to kind of think on your think on your feet and do something different to be able to take them down and, and get out, get to safety. Yeah, yeah, I would love to see it um, maintain its difficulty too, because that was something I, I felt like late game. I was like, I'm a fucking badass. Like nobody can, you know. You get to that last fight with the the thunder jaw, and I was like, ah, oh, whatever. I could like twenty of these things already. Pop, pop, pop. I'm done. What's up? You know. <laughs> so yeah, and then you go back like oh, six months later to do the DLC, and you're like, oh, I'm terrible. Oh, I don't fucking know what I'm doing. I can't remember that DLC. Hard. There are some hard enemies in that thing. That's good. Um, no release date, but uh, we did get comments on it from the blog post. They said we don't have an exact release date yet, but development is on track and we'll have an update for you very soon. Uh, and then we did get. No, you've got you've got to see this tweet from Jeff. I was pissing myself laughing when I read it. <laughs> All right, I'll read it. Uh, he he retweeted. Well, it says retweet. At Gorilla, thanks for watching our Horizon Forbidden West gameplay reveal. We will announce a release date after Nintendo says Breath of the Wild 2 is coming, because if we hear one more comparison to that series, we are going to (laughs) snap. Which, uh, fair enough. So I am deeply, deeply excited for this game. I can't wait to see more of it. I hope we get another look at it during the Summer Games mess. Um, We'll see what happens. But uh, it's 2021. I do. I do think it's still 21. I place my bets on it. Looking at it, this is 21. But God of War, that's 2022. Yeah, no, this is 2021. You have the ones you hit of this and Ratchet this year. You get God of War and something else out next year. Makes perfect sense. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It's in 2021 anyway. Um. So, we also got a look at. Um, Unreal Engine 5, which uh, is, you know, just entering early access now, so it's still early days, Um, but there is some really impressive, really impressive stuff uh, in this this demo that they've got up on their YouTube channel. Like, there's just this shot of, like, a desert that they're, they're scrolling through and kind of showing you all the the pixels at work and the lighting and everything. It looks like real life. Like it looks well, almost it, it indistinguishable. Highlights lot. It highlights a lot of the new tech we they'd already shown. So their new nanite system where it uses millions and millions of tiny little triangles to assemble these, these, um, these scenes together with these, uh, mega scanned items. So these are actual items or the, um, the terrain from, I think it was Utah or maybe Ohio. Um, and that was scanned in, but also a bunch of like, uh, the lighting stuff with Lumen and how that works. Having, I watched the digital foundry video, which if you're interested in this technology, I will, I will absolutely recommend you go watch. And Alex Patalia did a great breakdown of, of how everything works. Uh, this doesn't use hardware ray tracing at all. Lumen doesn't use it. Um, it's all done through software. Wow. So theoretically, this could even work on old consoles, which I think Unreal Engine's uh, Epic said in the video they were 
looking to also make it available for PS4 and Xbox One as well. So it's mighty impressive. Why would you even bother putting it on the old consoles? You can just do the cross-gen game. Just like pump out a version for PS4, pump out a version for PS5. Sure. But yeah, and then there was like a little bit of, 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 of a character like walking around and stuff. And it just, it looks incredible. It really does. Like, it's it's wild to think that in a couple of years we're going to be playing full-fledged games that just look like this. See, I, I struggle to believe we will ever play full-fledged games that look like this just because of the sheer size of the assets. So there was like the system requirements for this uh, example project, the Valley of the Ancient, is over 100 gigabytes just for this tiny little demo. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, like, that that will matter less over time, like, as, like... Mm-hmm. As storage gets cheaper. And, and like, because, um, like, you think about, like, back in the day, right? Like, the first laptop I ever bought had 250 gigabytes of of memory, of hard drive space, right? And I remember thinking, like, wow, how would I ever fill that? You know? And then I remember getting your first terabyte drive, and you're like, oh, my God, you could never finish f- fill a terabyte, mm-hmm. you know? And now I've got a four terabyte drive. And Yeah, the problem comes from the fact that the PS5's got, what, 800 gigabytes of usable storage or something, you could potentially get to the point where a game won't even fit on that internal storage, and it will need to be put on an external drive or another NVMe put in that slot when they finally activate it. Yeah. But that's the problem. That would be a nice problem to come to because it means we'll have games that look like movies. Like, this looks like a movie that you're controlling and it's phenomenal. There's also the the um you know, potential that like file sizes will get excuse me, that file sizes will get um better because like they're better at managing the data and like finding com- compression, you know, strategies and, and stuff and like that. This is this is a sample project, so I would imagine it's got all of the highest possible resolution assets when they they compress and bundle that down for a ps5 or an xbox or even a pc game Mm -hmm. then obviously some of those assets won't be included they'll just include the lod's that you need right exactly um so just in terms of kind of any other details that you might need to know it is available in early access right now from the epic game launcher and github uh, and they're aiming for production ready release in early 2022 so um you know it's not not imminent, but it's fast approaching. Um, and then there's also the you can get the the sample project uh, Valley of the Ancient if you want to check it out. Uh, and then kind of the last bit of news was um, we had the Dragon Quest uh, stream event last night because apparently they don't care um, if this week of the podcast kills me dead. But um, Dragon Quest Twelve has been confirmed to be the first Unreal Engine Five game. Uh, and that was alongside the reveal of a HD 2D remake of Dragon Quest 3, which everybody was losing their shit over. Uh, I personally pretty interested in that one, too. I am, too. I've never played uh, Dragon Quest fully through. I've played tidbits of one. They're good. Um, but this HD 2D remake looks looks fantastic. Octopath wasn't interested in the other one, Project whatever it was. Triangle? I did the demo. Yeah, Project Triangle. Yeah, that was it. Uh, it just it, the dialogue just went on forever. I just got bored, jumped ship. 
But this has cute monsters in it, so. It has the slimes in, and that's all I care about. Everybody loves those slimes. fucking slimes. The smiley face. That's Love so them. cute. Yeah, I um I have a very like casual relationship with Dragon Quest. Like I tried to play Dragon Quest uh some of the old old ones like on the Game Boy back in the day and loved them, but they were too hard for me and I could never like get like get very far cuz I didn't understand them very well. Do you know what it means, Pete? A little bit of hand holding. Maybe if they ported those to 3DS. Some cutscenes, like, you know. Cutscenes. A group of kids that tell you where to go whenever you get to a new area. You get like one third of the way through the game, and they give they just hand you one of the strongest monsters, and are like, "Here, beat the game really easily." But done. I think yeah, this is a winner. Perfect. Uh, and I also tried to play. I think it was eight on the PS2, and I liked it, but I just never finished it. Um, so yeah, I had one on the Vita. Don't know what it was. I definitely kind of liked Dragon Quest Builders as well. I've heard that game's really good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so maybe maybe we'll become Dragon Quest guys now. This will be this is our inroad. <laughs> so uh, last bit of news before we get into our main topic here is that Xbox 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 and Bethesda <laughs> have announced their uh, their joint um, showcase for E3. It is taking place at. 10 a.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. British Standard Time, and 1 p.m. EST time, where God pays attention, on Saturday, the 13th of June. Sunday. Did I put Saturday? No, you know what? You wrote Sunday, and I read Saturday, so I'm the asshole. Um, Just because who who announces and promotes video games on God's Day? I mean, it's just... (laughs) So disrespectful. So... This is weird as fuck. Um, not, I mean, like, obviously we shouldn't be surprised by this, right? Like, it's like Xbox bought Bethesda. Of course, they will They will be at the Xbox presentation. Mm-hmm. But just seeing it, right? I'm on Xbox.com and it says Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase. And it's just like, what the fuck? What universe did we wake up in? It's so weird yeah, that it's they. So it just. It... I have a feeling there might be some Halo stuff there. I don't know what gives me that impression though. Maybe it's like the six hundred giant like pictures yeah. of all these fucking Master Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, it's interesting. I, I I'm very excited for this. Like in terms of like trying to like think about what we want to see. It's like. I mean, really, like, there's so many things now, right? Like, I mean, Xbox obviously has Halo Infinite uh, to hopefully show off and talk about, and hopefully that game looks like it's okay. We'll see. Um, But we also have, uh, like, a number of games from their new studios that we have gotten announcements on that, you know, you could potentially see some more from. I mean, of course... Um, a lot of people are thinking we might get a Starfield reveal there. I definitely think we're getting a Starfield reveal. Well, I don't know if we'll see gameplay. We might see like a cinematic trailer. Yeah, and like a release window, like 2022. Mm-hmm. 20, you know, I, I could see that. Um, maybe some talking about it, but maybe not some actual gameplay. Uh, I think there's a pretty good chance that, you know, we hear more about... Um, with that with that new IP from um from Obsidian, oh, avowed. Yeah, avowed. We could see that maybe. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Uh, uh, from the Bethesda side, though, like I do think we're probably going to see more than just Starfield. Oh yeah. 
but I would love to see um, some about something from the Fallout side of things, whether that's more for Fallout 76. I don't think we're going to see anything for Elder Scrolls. No, I don't think we'll see a new Fallout or Elder Scrolls bit. I could see, we'll probably see something for Elder Scrolls Online, you know. Um, well, their uh, next gen versions coming out uh, next month in June, so we're probably going to see see that. Yeah, They're probably. Push back, actually. Um, that makes sense. I, I also, I, I don't know if we'll see anything from ID because they kind of do all of that stuff at um, QuakeCon. Yeah, that's probably makes sense. There's also like we could see something from, um, not from ID, from uh, the Doom Team. Machine game? Yeah. No, no, no. It is the Doom Team. I'm thinking of Machine Games with Wolfenstein. Um, we haven't seen, you know, new Doom or new Wolfenstein in a bit. Like Wolfenstein, no, Young Blood was what three years ago. Now the idea of us of us maybe seeing a Wolfenstein three, um, but not actually seeing it, you know, I think is something that seems pretty likely. Uh, I don't think it would be crazy if we saw something about from Doom, but to your point, there are other events that they might want to cater that to. But it it is E three; it's their first E three with mm-hmm. Xbox. I could see Xbox wanting to have things to show. Uh, Psychonauts two. Another game I think you could yeah. definitely see from Double Fine. Um, I think we're probably going to see Samus Saga, Hellblade 2. It's probably going to be there. Yeah, we'll probably see that. I could see us seeing more of Rare's new game um, with the magic, oh, yes. the magic lady. Yeah, and the monsters and everything. No idea what that game is, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more of that. Um, they have a lot. They have a lot in their they back pocket. Have a, well, they usually have a bunch of third parties at the the xbox one as well it's usually the one where if you're not a big publisher uh you you go there yeah you know that's where we saw cyberpunk but it's also like do they have room for that now because they have bethesda bethesda used to have their own entire presentation so it's like i'm not going to say that there will be no third party stuff but i have a feeling that there's going to be less of a focus on third parties than ever because Microsoft went from having like five internal studios to like twenty five inter- internal studios. Just mental, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Like when you sit down and list all of the studios that they own now, it's a lot. And you know, the only one who I feel like we definitely won't see anything from from Bethesda. Well, and actually, I say definitely, but maybe not. I was gonna say Arcane because um, obviously Deathloop is coming well, to PlayStation. I still think gonna, it might be like an Xbox event but bethesda's there and they're still gonna want to talk about their hot new game that's coming out yeah i don't know even though it's on another platform it's gonna be strange yeah i don't know i don't know unless it's also coming to pc though right i don't know is it at launch is it i thought it was just a console exclusive let's find out and then it was coming to pc as well but i'm not sure um but yeah i'm i'm excited about about uh, the Xbox Bethesda showcase, that's the the one I always get excited about is the Xbox one because I know that's where you see a bunch of of uh, stuff. It is coming to PC at launch, so you could easily yeah, talk so about it. So they can just talk about it and just pretend that the PS5 doesn't exist if they yep. want. But yeah, no problem. Yes, I mean you'll probably see more Deathloop. Do you know what I really want to see? Uh, Flight Sim for Xbox. Like we know it's coming, they've announced Ooh. it. I want to see what it looks like. I want to see a release date. Yeah, I, I want that game. You will probably see that. 
I would be really surprised if that wasn't there considering. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, the more you get into this, it's like, okay, so we've just rattled off, like, over 10. Like, it feels like over 10 games. I don't know if it was actually 10, but, like, a good number of games that are like, yeah, oh, yeah, like, there's a pretty high chance we'll actually get a look at those. Pretty cool. So... Moving into our main topic this week, it's going to be a quick one. We are going to do a quick predictions recap because we have talked about um, our predictions the last couple weeks. We are approaching E3 season. There are a lot of opportunities for us to get some points or lose some points right now. So we're going to do a Mm. quick check-in on all of our, our predictions, and we'll talk about how we feel about where we're at with them, and you know, we'll see where we're at. So we'll start with mine. Uh, number one is Switch Pro is coming in 2021. Uh, I think we I can. I think you can safely take this one off next week. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll be able to claim my point next week on this one, which is great. Uh, number two, Grezzo will release another Zelda remake in 2021 in honor of Zelda's 35th anniversary. I have put no. this one in orange because I think there's a pretty low chance that this happens now, uh, given that we know they were working on some other projects, but. Goonies never say die, so until 2021 is over, I'm leaving it on the list. We'll see what happens. Uh, number three, 2021 will see the fewest AAA third-party ports of any year on the Switch. Still feeling pretty confident about that one. I wouldn't be. After we've just heard that they're announcing a new console ahead of E3, so third-party publishers can announce shitloads of games without any any issue on their hot new console. And you think they're all going to come out in 2021? Because I sure don't. No. <laughs> right? Exactamundo. Number four, and this is the first point I got on the board, Pokemon's 25th anniversary will be commemorated with the re-release of a classic game. Of course, we have Frankly, the re-release. I can't believe uh, that you have that one. Uh, are you kidding me? One of your predictions is that Metroid Prime 4 wouldn't come out. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Right, it? and you're, and you're going to come at me for that one? Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. All right? Uh, we both took some low-hanging fruit swipes. That's how points work. You know, you got to play the strategy. Yeah. Number five, Nintendo will continue to fail to properly address Joy-Con drift. Uh, I think I'm going to get a point on that one, too. They haven't done yeah, fucking I anything. Think you might. Well, unless they – are we – because I think we said when you put this on that they have to, like, come out and make a statement, right? It's not just they can, can't silently change the design of the Joy-Con. Well, I think if they try, silently change the design and it and it fixes Joy-Con drift, then I would say I lose the point because that's them addref- addre- addressing the issue. Because if you have a faulty piece, you can send it in for repairs, and if you buy a new piece, it should never fail again. So I would say I lose the point if that happens. I don't think they have to like make a statement about it. I think it's literally just like they will continue to pretend it's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. Number six uh, is a full reveal of Breath of the Wild 2. I originally, I had this highlighted in orange because I thought it wouldn't happen, but I'm, I'm putting it back. It's going to happen. Yeah, it was because of the, the comment from Ionuma after yeah. the, the whole, oh, we're going to show you that some other time because we, you know, we haven't got anything to say right now. But yeah. as we're approaching E3, I'm feeling more and more confident that's going to happen. I think so. At least we'll see it if it doesn't come out. Uh, number seven, Nintendo will remain quiet in Q1 of 2021 while they get their plans in place. I lost this point because they had their first proper Nintendo Direct in Q1 
um, in a it was year. Like at the end of January or something. It was yeah. It was ridiculously soon. Yeah, yeah. No, they fucked me on that one. So, uh, no point for me there. Number eight, Pokemon will tease the next proper Pokemon game, but not release it. Uh, I won the point on that one. As we confirmed today, the game is coming out next year. So, what's up, baby? Uh, number nine, Nintendo will release another limited release. No word on this one yet, but E3 is fast approaching. So, let's see. And then my risky pick was Nintendo will release an N64 classic for the 25th anniversary of the console. So, for uh, clarification, risky picks were things we thought would not happen but if they do happen, they're worth double the points. So Yeah, two points. Huh? So right now, I've got two points on the board and one loss on the board uh, with quite a few left in play. So nothing too crazy right now, but I think I'm definitely going to get at least one point next week. Okay. By next right, well, week. Let's go, let's go through mine then and see how I'm, I'm doing. Because at the moment, I've, I'm, I've addressing this currently i've got three in orange which are likely not going to come true and one green so i'm not doing too hot not right uh, now so top of my list there will be another 2d zelda game released in 2021 similar to your grezzo one don't think that's going to happen so yeah I think we're going to keep that in orange metroid prime 4 will not be released in 2021 we won't know till the end of the year but i can but that was a free space on that one yeah basically yeah uh nintendo will announce a new ip which i get do you? What new yeah, IP did they Game announce? Garage. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's two points, baby. Two on the board. Yeah, two points. I'll take it. All right. <laughs> two new Switch consoles will be revealed in 2021. It doesn't look likely. It looks That's like an orange now, I think. One. This is definitely going orange. Yeah. Uh, which is unfortunate. Um, Not for I me. I get this with Toon 3 was announced. Uh, which I don't think you thought was ever going to happen. Um, didn't think so. No, I mean I thought it would be coming eventually, but I don't know. I didn't. I didn't feel like not the, this soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was Breath a good of one. The World Two released second half of twenty twenty one. That's in orange because I am I... beginning to think it's like twenty twenty two. Think it's early twenty twenty two now. Yeah. GTA Five will be ported to Switch. I'm getting more and more confident about this because it's like an anniversary year for this game and the next gen versions coming out later this year why not just check it on switch as well could be could be i wouldn't be surprised we still won't hear any more about bayonetta 3 it's currently in orange because i think we heard about it and they said they were going to talk about it more so uh i feel like you've already no i haven't because they've said we're not going to talk about it yet, but we will talk about it soon. When they yeah. talk about it, when we see some information about this game, then That's I lose, you lose the point. point. But right now, yeah, I'm not. I've not lost it. Not yet, but I think you're fucked on that one. Frankly, <laughs> well, you know, let's just get, let's just get the next one then. A new Switch Online game like Tetris 99 will be released, and it was fucking. And no one sl- would have predicted Pac-Man. <laughs> slam fucking dunk on that one. Yeah, that was another really good prediction. Like totally hard to to see that one happening so yeah looking good on that and one my risky pick which i'm getting more and more confident about is that xbox game pass will be announced for nintendo switch and i think this is going to happen at e3 i really do think this is going to happen at e3 we'll see i don't know i have a hard time After xbox game pass i I'm including the fact that you to do xbox streaming you have to have a game pass subscription if you can use your game pass subscription on Switch, 
it counts, even if it's just streaming, which is what I'm considering here. Mm. So you're saying you the fact that you could use it like your phone would count? Only if it's just only if it's Game Pass. Like if you can just stream your console to your Switch, doesn't count. Okay, but if good. You, if you are streaming directly from Xbox's servers and it's using Game Pass, that counts in my eyes. Oh yeah, I would agree with that. I'll give you that for sure. But not via your console because that's that's a cheat. Good. Okay. I thought I thought you were saying that that would count, and I was like, Fuck no, no. Yeah, that doesn't count. If there's no, not a fucking like Game Pass app on the Switch, it doesn't count. Like if I'm not like, it, I think it's just going to be called Xbox rather than Game Pass. I sure. Don't know. We'll see. But but, but one of those. There's got to be an Xbox app on the console. Yeah, you using. sign into it, and it's like it's like here's your Game Pass subscription, and you can pick the games and just streams them. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm with you on that. So currently, I'm winning with three points. Two You're up. Two, but You're I up. have four orange ones. To my, <laughs> to my to one. one. So yeah. I'm dangerously close to losing this. I need that risky pick to come true, or I don't think I'm stand any chance of winning. It's uh, winning this one. I don't know though, because one of like one of yours is de- like you're gonna get the Metroid Prime point. You know, like you can pretty much take that point right now. It's not going to happen. Um, so that's you have four points on the board to my two right now. So as it stands, you're up. Like if none of my other ones come true, like you win. Yeah, then you're getting the full reveal of Breath of the Wild too, right? That's I that's think so. And, and I, I think really I'm guaranteed to get the Switch release, right? Oh, and the Switch Pro. So and it's like Pro, so you've got three more points on the board to my one more point on the board, and that then puts you at five to my four. Yeah. So, but your risky pick ain't coming true. No, I don't think so. I I feel pretty confident. I feel pretty confident I'm gonna win. But you're not out yet because both of your like I'm confident that all of your oranges are gonna be fucking nothing for you. But I think both of your potential points from the normal picks I think are both very likely. And I think that your risky pick is not insane. So if you get all of those, that'll be four points, and I can't match that. Like, I mean, I, I literally could, but then we'll be tied. Which would be, which would be like, what do we do then? Do we both have to play the game? Ooh. Do we, like, then put it to the listener vote as to, like, which game we do? I think that's the compromise, right? We both pick that the feels game fair. that we're going to play, and then the listeners pick which one they want us to see play. Okay. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. I I feel amenable to that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Until I pick a game you absolutely despise, and then the then the community gets behind it. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds right. What that sounds like what would happen to me. Like, I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to like plant that seed right now. Like uh, you know, at the end of the year, six months from now, Doc's like, um, Pete said he hated this game, so let's vote for it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know yeah, how you no, motherfuckers no. operate. <laughs> All right, so uh, we will have to check in again on this in a couple weeks um, when we no, have. You know you're checking that one off next week, and we're revisiting it as soon as the Switch Pros and You're like, oh, I've got another, I've got another one. Give me some points. Give me some points. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but. Uh, I am very excited. It is super cool that we're actually getting like a proper E3 this year. 
And I'm really excited to see these showcases. I'm excited to watch them. I'm excited to talk about them. I'm excited to get way too hype about games that are way too far away. Uh, and it's, it's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. So if you are looking forward to it too, remember uh, that you can write into us uh, by hitting me up at Pete at LewPots.com. Come in and hit us, hitting us up on our Discord and join the Potscast channel uh, where you can get your thoughts submitted for our weekly mail pot segment, and we will uh, read your thoughts and comments on the air. So let us know what are the games that you're most looking forward to, whose presentation are you most looking forward to, are you more excited about E3 or the Summer Game Fest? Um, I want to hear from y'all and what games you're uh, you're itching to see and itching to get your, your mitts on. So let us know uh, right in. And, of course, we'll be here to uh, cover all that fine stuff. So um, I have a good feeling that the next couple of weeks are going to be insanely news-focused like this. So I hope you like this episode um, and that our little cold open at the top was enough uh, for you to feel like it was a normal episode. <laughs> Uh, remember, if you want to get more bullshitting from us, like we got in our little cold open this week, uh, which again, you all asked for to come back. So if you don't like it, write in and tell us you didn't like it and we won't do it again. Um, but if you want to get more content like that, you can head over to patreon.com, uh, slash Lupots, where for just a buck, you can get access to After Dark, where Steve and I are about to keep these mics rolling for an hour or so, and we're going to chat about, Steve had a list and it's not in front of me anymore, but I think, uh, it's the dentist or something we're talking about stuff we're talking about our lives and some other shit so if you want to go i'm gonna tell you about some eurovision controversy so just you just you wait oh so if you want to hear about controversy uh in the eurovision world uh you can go give us a buck and uh help us keep these mics rolling and you can get a little bit of extra bullshit in your feed from us so uh yeah i hope you'll check it out and then of course we'll be back next thursday on twitch.tv slash loot pots uh probably with a little bit of hitman which i'm really looking forward to so uh go check it out come hang out with us wherever you want to hang out with us and uh, we appreciate you spending your monday here with us on the podcast we will catch you next week take it easy stay safe stay sane i love you how many more endings do you think i can sneak into the end of this podcast steve say goodbye goodbye did it good job proud of you